Mind your business. Stop watching other people's pockets. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations. I'm your co-host, Dana, aka it's Dana B. And I'm Michelle at Modernly Michelle. And this is episode 15. Wow. (laughs) Excited every time. Yes, girl. Always excited. It will never (laughs) stop. (laughs) So for today's episode, we're actually going to skip strawberries and lemons because we're really excited to talk about this topic. I feel like it's going to be juicy and I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. Ready to start? Yeah. So a couple of days ago, I was on Instagram and saw this clip on Anthony O'Neill's page. It was an Insta story or a IGTV clip called Black People Rather Look Rich Than Actually Be Rich. And that automatically caught my attention because I'm Black and I am trying to be rich, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched it and I sent it to Michelle like, look at this. This is so good. We should discuss it and just kind of share our viewpoints because, again, we're both Black women, clearly, and we're trying to build, not trying, we are building generational wealth. So topics like this, I think, really can help us know how we can improve what we're doing right and um, what we don't need to do. Hello. (laughs) Uh, So let's kick it off. My first question for you is, do you believe that Black people actually try to keep up with the Joneses? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think it depends. I I don't want to, I don't, I don't think I can say as a blatant statement, like, yes, black people do try to keep up with the Joneses, but Mm -hmm. there are certain parts of society where I do see that as something that we try to do, Mm -hmm. uh, especially being within this current like social climate Mm -hmm. and kind of how social media runs and operates. I think it's across the board, not only black people, but I have seen like for example in certain industries right so if you see your favorite rapper your favorite artist your favorite back you know whomever who has the the look of having money and just and it's actually actually has money you know right. and you want to come you want to come off just like that you know then you feel like you got to keep up and you feel like you got to come off like you look in that kind of way especially if you're trying to attract certain circles and different things right. like that so i can see it but i can't say a blatant like yes across the board I a thousand percent agree with you. I can't think of anything in life where it's true for everybody, right? Right. Uh, So I agree with that. And then the second thing is everyone tries to keep with the Joneses. My real question is, who are the Joneses? Where are they? And why do we even try? Where are they from? (laughs) Where do they live? But like, who are you guys? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, right. I'm really curious to know where that phrase even comes from. Um, but I do think no matter who you are, your background, your skin color, your level of education, your socioeconomic status, you're going to want to aspire to be better. The problem comes in where you want to be better. You're not there yet. So you're faking it till you make it. And I think it just really depends on your environment. 
I feel like it really does. I think the pressure increases as the environment, the different types of environments that you're within. Mm. So if you are someone who you were raised a certain way, and maybe when you were growing up, you didn't have as much money. So because of that, you always saw yourself wanting to be in certain circles and try to, you really wanted to see yourself having money and you aspired for that. That's not a bad thing, but now you're doing everything you can to make sure you run in those circles and come off and appear as if you're that type of person. You know what I mean? So I was watching yeah. a, a TV show. So I'm re- actually, I'm rewatching, well, not rewatching. I'm watching Devious Mates. I've never watched it before. Never heard of it. And, really? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like Desperate Housewives. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So basically there was one episode where there's one really rich, her name is um, Genevieve. And she's like really rich or whatever, but her mom came in town and her mom basically exposed her. She was like, one, her name is not really Genevieve. She changed her name. She's, you know, she grew up this way and da, 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 da. And then she just decided that she wanted to just leave and put her past behind her. And now she wants to come live this fancy life- lifestyle and act brand new. Ooh, the mom messy. Like why are you putting her business on front street? You're a guest. Yeah. The mom was extra messy though. And she was a pest. She was very messy, very annoying. <laughs> but anyway, it was also a thing where Genevieve, uh, because she found out she was going to uh, not have money in a past episode, she also was looking for someone that she can marry so she can marry back into wealth and make sure that she always has the money because she wants to continue keeping up with the Joneses and that lifestyle. Wow. The so, love of she, money, man. The love yes, of money. Yes. And she's white. So it's not only black people, but of course that we're, we're tailoring this to black people. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did a quick Google search because Google is one of my best friends. And I found out that Keeping Up with the Joneses was actually a comic strip created by author Momond in 1913. Mm. And it was in circulation uh, since it was in circulation from 1913 through 1940. So he illustrated a family called the McGinnis family, and they were struggling to keep up with their neighbors who were the Joneses. Wow. So that saying has been around for a while. A while. That means while. from the start of time, people have always aspired to do better, and they let that desire take over them, dictate their decisions. And sometimes if they have to lie to make it look like they got it right. So for modern day society that's having that big watch, driving that Tesla, wearing $600 shoes, getting that Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's just like, if you can afford it, that's no problem. But if you can't, you shouldn't give into the pressure just to fit, it, fit in because material things really don't matter. And like I mentioned before, social media wakes, makes it 10 times worse. Absolutely. Because now you're scrolling down a feed and especially the way your feed is like tailored, you're scrolling down a feed where you see a bunch of people who are able to afford that or people who are giving that stuff for free, giving that stuff for promotion. And you're just looking, you're like, oh my gosh, like I want to live that way. I want to live that way. And you feel like you're behind in life and you're trying to like keep up just based off of the material things that that person has. Yep. Yeah. And that's damaging. Very. Yeah. No, high key. That's very, very damaging, especially because you don't know what that, what price tag that lifestyle comes with. Right. I can say like speaking personally, I can say when I was deep into fashion blogging and things like that, 
there was a point where I felt some type of way because I was like, dang, I don't really have all of the money that I would want to be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. Or I know that my money should be invested elsewhere. And I don't have that extra income to just plug straight or spending all of my money and straight into like having the latest outfits right. because you always have to feel like you have to keep up when you're in the beauty industry, fashion industry. Like you always have yeah. to have the latest trends, the styles and stuff. And I low key used to be like, dang, like I can't keep up. But of course you, you can definitely create your own lane. And that's what I decided to do and just do my own thing and not let that overtake me. Yeah. But I can't say there was a point when I would just be on social media and be like, dang, she got this latest trend. She got this outfit, this, this, and that. And it's like, dang, I, it's not smart for me to do that. Right. So, right. Absolutely. And I also think, again, Black people are not a monolith. So I think we speak to a very specific group, but there are different Black people across all stages of life in different areas with different upbringings where their version of keeping up with the Joneses look very different from what it is for us. Mm -hmm. So the more the story is not about necessarily like the dollar amount, it's just a matter, or it's just a mindset shift, right? If mm-hmm. you're doing something out of your comfort zone to look a certain way, just so that you can get the applause from an audience or from other people, especially people you don't know, it's not worth it. It's that validation. <laughs> yes. So that social validation. Yes. And I, I think that's a normal part. Like as human beings, we crave that validation, but you don't want to put your sanity, your finances, your relationships, your career at the risk of that validation. It's nice to have, but it's more like a bonus. Right. It's vain. Very vain. <laughs> Very vain. But that's how all these businesses are staying in business. Like you build something from the ground up. You make everyone feel like it's super exclusive. You definitely have to have it. You add a couple of zeros to the end and all of a sudden it's deemed valuable. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Get out of here. <laughs> you got hot. <laughs> <laughs> So then my next question for you is, what does Black wealth mean to you? And should we even put the word Black in front of wealth? Are we doing ourselves a disservice when we look at wealth that way? What does that mean to you? Ooh, that's a good question, too. I would say for Black, for me, Black wealth just feels very generational. Like, it just feels like something that you can continue passing down to your children, I don't have an answer to the second question right now. I feel like I'll have to process that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But to me, like just simply put, Black wealth just feels generational. Something that's just like money that's being pumped into our community, being pumped into other Black people, and just circulating that way. Mm-hmm. And built yeah. by Black people. Built by Black people. Yes, yes. I stand with you. That's my idea of Black wealth as well circling the black dollar in the black community for as long as possible and ensuring we have something to leave for generations behind us. Black wealth to me look like ownership. Black wealth look like having life insurance or savings in place so that when someone in the family dies, we don't, and this is no attack, but I think we can take on more responsibility and make these sort of wise decisions and investments so that we don't have to rely on a GoFundMe. Uh, for mm-hmm. you know, to plan a funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, a good point. So, again, Twitter liaison at your service here. <laughs> Last month, there were two black girls on Twitter. It, it was just a coincidence. I don't think they know each other or anything. One of them, she posted that she just bought herself the newest Tesla model, right? 
Okay. Everything is very fancy. You start it not with the key, but with the black card. Mm. Very fancy. Hmm. Um, and then another girl, she brought um, an older, I think it was a Toyota or like a Honda. Mm-hmm. Right. So everyone in the comments, they're gassing the girl who bought the Honda and the Toyota, like, good job. You got your head on straight. You just, you bought something on your own. That's so good. And then the girl who bought the Tesla, everyone was like, why would you buy a Tesla? You should be investing that in your family. You should be saving that. Black people always want to spend their money frivolously. And that's when other people came into the conversation and was like, why do we think that black people cannot be wealthy? Why do we applaud the person who bought a, I don't know if it was 1990, but like a 1990 Honda with 130,000 miles on it. And we're congratulating her on the struggle car. No offense to you, girl. I'm just trying to drive a, make a point here. <laughs> but the girl who just bought the brand new Tesla off the lot, yeah, basically hating on her. Why do we think that black people have to live in struggle? Why can't we celebrate these big wins? And why can't black people spend their dollars the way they choose to? Girl, I've actually been seeing something similar. So not that in particular, but I seen that it was like, there was a statement that was made like black women don't feel bad for wanting luxury items. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't feel bad. You can indulge. Don't feel like you can't do it. And it's so interesting that, okay. At the end of the day, the person's money is their money, right? So whatever they want to do with it, it's their prerogative right? I don't think that you should come at somebody because they decided that they wanted to invest their money into a Tesla because a Tesla is actually an energy efficient car. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was something that she worked really hard for. Maybe she didn't work really hard for it, but maybe that was something that was one of her heart's desires yeah. and she ended up getting it. So while I do, I think that's where we start to get to the place where we tell people what to do with their money. Pocket yes. watching, mind your business. Yes. If she has a financial advisor and they basically told her, Hey, maybe you shouldn't invest your money this way. That makes sense. But sis, girl, you on Twitter getting mad at her. Like, Oh, she should have used her money else. You don't know how much money she has in her account. Why do you assume that she can't afford it? Exactly. Exactly. There's just this really thin line in our community between you deserve luxury. I'm going to congratulate you on being able to afford these luxury items And instead of splurging on luxury items, you should be saving and investing. There's always sort of this black and white thing. And it's like, both can coexist. I can save for my children. I can buy life insurance and still be able to purchase a luxury car. You don't know what I have going on. (laughs) Exactly. And it goes back to that person's character too. She may have a Tesla and may not tie her value to the Tesla. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think that's another big piece because you can have a ton of stuff, but if your value is not tied to it, then that's perfectly fine. Now, if your value is tied to it and it's like, oh, now I'm like big and bad because I got a girl, calm down. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. But, and okay. And on the other side with the girl who got the older car, that is good for her, right? Right? Absolutely. And they're like, oh, well, when they, when you said that they were like, oh, that's good that she was able, she got that and she can like invest her money elsewhere. What if that's all she could afford? What if she doesn't have any other money to invest? Right. There's so much more to the story. So I just don't like the fact that people just be coming at people attacking sometimes. And it's like, you don't know the rest of the story. I know that doesn't make it fun because it's Twitter and it's like, we're just trying to like get these words off, <laughs> but come on. 
Yes. A thousand percent. I hear you. And then also, I just thought of the scripture in the Bible that says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. If someone is celebrating their success, whether it's a Tesla or it's a older model of a Honda Civic, rejoice with them. Now's not the time to come preaching at them and telling them what they should have done. They didn't consult you when they were purchasing it. They're not consulting you now. Just celebrate with them or move on. Period. And that's on what? Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yes. City Girls taught me that. And I don't, oh man, I don't know which one said it, but she has. I'm going to I'm gonna need you to find out. Is it Carisha or is it JT? I don't know. <laughs> but the more of the story is she, who, whichever one it was that said that, she has a special place in my heart because she gave me a new thing. Okay, so now I want to focus on ownership. Earlier, I talked about how for me, black wealth is ownership, right? A lot of us are trying to buy homes, invest in real estate, buy land. Um, but the truth of the matter is everything in black culture is commoditized, but we don't necessarily profit from it because we don't own it. Child. And it's not anything new. If we look back to TLC, mm. they didn't see a dime from the art that they put out their music so it's like because we don't have ownership we don't have rights to these things that we're put a face for to these things that we're creating we can't build wealth so when we start talking about ownership in the black community how can we normalize that how can we make that a natural thing because now beyonce is getting it she's out here owning any and everything all the rights all the license, like everything, she gets it. So now I don't think, I don't want to say now and give her all the credit. Like she's the one that came up with that. Cause I think um, we can go back to Prince and maybe even before him. So artists who kind of learning how to own your masters and all that stuff. But how do we, the average American take ownership seriously and not sell that home that's left to us by our grandparents? Ooh, I feel like it, for that, it goes back to education. Mm. just being educated about that because I feel like that is one of the things that and I don't want to speak for all of us in general but I can say that education in other communities is instilled at younger ages mm. so we're a little bit behind trying to catch up and learn those different things and understand that because for us we, another thing I think too is that sometimes we are kind of on some type of survival mode. So where another community may think, hey, this home is going to stay in our family. We may think, hey, we can get this money off of this house and divvy up the money this way and use the money however you want. So education uh -huh. and knowledge about it, I feel like it's a very big piece. Yes. If you know better, you do better. That's mm -hmm. very true. I do agree that education is the way to change that narrative. Uh, and then it doesn't have to be formal education. I think mm -mm. the older generation explaining it to the younger generation, but it takes us being willing to listen to our grandparents and our parents. Because I think sometimes because we're so advanced when it comes to techno technological, when it comes to technology, we think we just know everything. We don't want to hear anything that grandma or grandpa wants to tell us because they don't know how to use the iPhone. 
That's true. And they be having the knowledge. They do. Grandma and grandpa, they don't need a GoFundMe for them to be buried. You know what I'm saying? Like they have that insurance policy they didn't tell anybody about. They have insurance policy on their kids. They, they've been putting away little by little enough to leave something behind for you to inherit. So now because we're at a better place, we're more educated, we have more opportunities. If we take the knowledge that they had and we apply it to all the resources we have now, I think we'd be unstoppable. Child, unstoppable, okay? Yeah. Unstoppable. I can only imagine if the whole thing that happened in Tulsa didn't happen, where would we be now? Ooh, Black Wall Street, 1921. Yes. Black Wall Street. Where would we be now? A lot further. <laughs> a lot further. So the last thing I want to bring up, and then if you have any other questions or any other things you want to discuss, we definitely can do that. But when we were watching the video, I don't know if you remember, Anthony O'Neill mentioned this statistic. He said, studies show that the average white person drives a, F a F-150 truck Mm -hmm. And the average black person who makes between fifty and sixty thousand drives a Benz. Hmm. Girl, when I read that, I was like, "What?" And I'm not like coming at him, but I just think even though statistics may sound nice, we have to do our own research sometime because there are several questions that I have. Yeah. One: Who studied it? Who conducted the research? What was the pool? Like, how many people was it? The ten people that you knew from across the block? that's what like <laughs> two i noticed that you said white americans drive ford f-150s and then you said black americans who make between 50 to 60 thousand so are you saying all white americans versus the black americans in this specific income bracket it don't make sense it don't add up it does not add up Again, that sounds good, but it's not blowing my mind because I have a lot of questions for it. So you know me, I love a good Google search. Mm -hmm. And what I found was an Investopedia article that said Americans earning more than $200,000 typically purchase a Ford F-150. And then it's the Jeep Grand Cherokee, Cherokee the Honda Pilot, the Jeep Wrangler, and the Honda Civic coming in fifth place so for one that particular article wasn't talking about race it just said wealthy americans who make over two hundred thousand dollars there are black americans who make above that yes and mm -hmm. i couldn't find anything on the second statistic about black americans making more than 50 to, black americans who make between 50 and sixty thousand. like what i feel like a point was just trying to be made a point was definitely trying to be made, and I hear what he's saying. He quoted this stat as well. The average white American family net worth is $171,000, while the average black family has a net worth of $17,150. 17000 17000 compared to $171,000. So and when average, was this conducted? Do you have the year? In 2016. So it's a pretty Dang. recent survey. Dang! It's pretty... <laughs> I'm thinking this is like from 1964. I'm like, wait a minute, Dana. Let's, let's take a look at that. 2016? 2016. It's a pretty recent survey. And if you do the math, the average white family's net worth is 10 times more than the average black family. 
Oh my gosh. Dang. So those numbers are disheartening. Yes. But I have faith in us. Yeah. And we also have years of chattel slavery. Yep. <laughs> to factor in. So I think instead of being like disappointed and frustrated and let down by it, just see it as a motiva- motivational factor to step our game up and leave our children in a better place. Right. Yeah. It's crazy because there's just so much that goes into that. There's just so much just socioeconomics, blatant Opportunity. racism, opportunities, education. Oh my gosh, there's just so much that goes into that. And it's just so, that was so crazy to hear because, and I like that you mentioned that, that we shouldn't like get disappointed or stay disappointed for too long. But the first feeling that I felt was like, dang, not not disappointment, but just more so like, dang, like right. we, a lot of us want to do better, but there's just so many factors against us. And I know some people will be like, oh, well, stop playing the victim and just try to do what you can do to... If it only it were that easy, Bob, it's not. Not Bob. Yeah, because a lot of people have the pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. Yeah, you know, my family, you know, we came from here and we were able to grow our company. Yeah, but your skin color, Bob, your skin color, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are a lot of factors. I would hope to think in my lifetime, my net worth will be a lot more than $171,000. Cause that's a big number, but can you, I, well, I guess you can get a home for $171,000 depending on where you are in the United States. Yeah, you can. I feel like Milwaukee, they have houses for $171,000. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And there's, I mean, Idaho. Yeah. I feel like Midwest for sure. Uh, places down south, deep down south. You might have to do some work on the house, but it's possible, definitely possible. But let me ask you something. So let's think about the very wealthy, popular Black Americans that we're used to, for example, like Oprah, right? So do you feel, do you still feel like, or let me say, do you feel like, not still, do you feel like she... Is something that we should still aspire to be. Coming up, that's all you would hear. Like, oh, I'm trying to be like Oprah. I haven't really heard that as much. Maybe it's because of all the drama that's been going on. 2020 has been a rough year. So I feel like Oprah's been keeping quiet, doing her thing here and there. I will say, shout out to Oprah because she actually just erected, I think it was 26 billboards in Louisville. And for the first time in history, she has Brianna Taylor on the cover instead of herself. Yeah, that was the statement for me. I was like, oh, wow. That's powerful. Yeah, for sure. And I need the Louisville Police Department to be held accountable because this is ridiculous. To this day, they are still free. That's insane to me. To this day. So I know I didn't allow you to finish your question, but I do believe that we should aspire to be like Oprah in the hopes of social. And she's not, this is not to say she's the only one, but mm-hmm. that for me was very aspirational. 
inspirational and just something that's like, wow, thank you, Oprah, for using your platform to do something like this, whether your platform is Oprah level or it's Dana level where five people know you. (laughs) (laughs) Way more than five people know you, but okay. (laughs) The point is we should all be using our platform to give a voice to the voiceless and speak up to matters we deem important. Amen. Amen to that. But back to your question. Right. I was going to say, well, that was real deep, but the question was, though. (laughs) Like I was saying, you took us to church, but bring it back in. Yes. Per my last email. (laughs) Um, Yes. So I feel like growing up, that's all we used to hear was like, oh, we want to be like Oprah. We're trying to be a billionaire. We're trying to like Oprah. And while I I feel like I haven't been hearing that as much, maybe it's because now we're all paying our own bills and we're like, realistically... Listen, we're taking it step by step. I don't care what Oprah does. Like, I don't care. I got these bills to pay. Listen, that's first and foremost. Then maybe we can discuss going up to another tax bracket. Until then. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. But do you feel like that she or her wealth is something that should still be aspired? Like, we should still aspire to try to have that? I think... We now have more role models and more options of what success looks like outside of just Oprah. Yes. So people are now saying, I want to be like Morgan DeBon or DeBron, I think her last name is. From Blavity? Yes, the founder of Blavity. So now we have all these examples of people who are closer to us in age, who look like us, who are doing things we want to do. So now instead of just saying Oprah, we have like a portfolio of people we can choose from. That's true. Yeah. And it does depend on the impact that that person is making as well. So while we were discussing wealth and that question was tailored around wealth, I feel like a lot of us are not only focused on the wealth. It's also what you can do with your status. Yes. So what you can do, like you were saying with Oprah, with your voice, with the opportunities that you have, like what can you accomplish? What can you do? So I agree completely. I don't think I've ever been that person that's like, oh my gosh, I just want to be the richest person ever. Like, you know, I've never been that type of girl, but I have been that I always want to be financially comfortable. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to pass something down to my children And I want to feel, however that looks for us in our household, just to be financially literate and responsible and comfortable. Yes. Yes. However that looks. So that's kind of what I aspire opposed to being the richest person on the block, having the biggest house and being able to buy the latest cars. Like I could honestly care less. Like I honestly could. Like (laughs) my Honda Civic, I'm going to ride it till the wheels fall off I love that car listen okay like I'm not I've never been that flashy person Mm -hmm. and I think even if I grew up with a bunch of money it wasn't like you know my my parents definitely did everything that they could to make sure we always ate you know always had a roof over our heads like you know we weren't the richest but we definitely did what we could or I was just there I was existing they did what (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, but I feel like I've never been that person that just wanted to have the most expensive things, wanted to show off and feel flashy. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just, but let me ask you one more thing. Do you feel like there is something wrong with balling out? Like, should people feel guilty? Okay. So let me backtrack a little bit to your previous question. 
I think wealth for a lot of Black Americans and a lot of Americans in general, but particularly for us, wealth doesn't just look like financial wealth. I think for a lot of us, being spiritually wealthy, emotionally wealthy, being just well in a place of peace, surrounded by people we can communicate with, surrounded by people we can trust. And be, why, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> yeah, because I'm getting major Jada Red Table Talk vibes right now. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to press into the imaginary table. <laughs> like spirit in the voice, spiritually wealthy. I'm pausing. <laughs> I'm breathing. You're leaning into your statement. <laughs> You could never take me seriously. I was saying that with my heart. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was hoping I could tell you, you were about to burst out laughing. I could tell. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at myself either. I was literally watching you as you spoke. <laughs> the more of the story is, I think for a lot of Black Americans before, we didn't have the luxury to think of wealth outside of money and having enough to get by mm -hmm. we're now in a situation where we understand there's more to life than just making it by we're mm -hmm. now looking at wealth as am i happy am i healthy can i work out do i have access to fresh fruit and vegetables can i travel we just expanded the definition of wealth yes. and i think that's super impactful and i'm happy about that <laughs> yes less pressure and then your second question was do I think we should feel guilty about indulging? Yes, because let me bring up one point. I remember seeing a picture, I believe, okay, I don't know what social media platform that was, but it was a picture and it was, <laughs> it was a girl, she just gave birth and husband, boyfriend, significant other, whomever brought her a bunch of gifts. So I guess like they call them like push gifts. Yep. Saw for that. certain things so whether it's having a child or maybe graduating or whatever you have a gift so it was like a bunch of you say you saw it yes a push okay, gift yeah. is specifically for pushing out a child okay i feel like somebody mentioned push gift and they were like oh i graduated from law school i don't know i guess yeah. people take it and tailor it however they want but i assume the same thing that it was okay I i'm like honey mm, that's a graduation gift <laughs> let's not blend the two right anywho so she pushed the child out and then he bought her a bunch of stuff a bunch of like luxury items mm -hmm. and there was kind of like back and forth there were people who were saying oh my gosh he did all of that and he spent all this money and, da, 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 da. and then there were also people who were just like but why can't she just enjoy her luxury items like if he right. wanted to and he had the the means to do it like again why is that you know right. your business so what do you think about that like should we <laughs> I'm so annoyed. People are so nosy. Mind your business. Let people live. Let people be happy. Because you know if that was you, you got all those push gifts, you would have been happy as well. Unless you knew your personal finances with your partner and you're like, I really love this. I really appreciate it. But we're in a lot of debt. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to return these nine purses and keep this one. Mm -hmm. But that's not my place for me to say that about you and the gifts you just got if i don't i'm not your financial advisor mind your business stop watching other people's pockets everyone have an opinion keep it to yourself tell your friends write it in your journal don't be writing on people posts when they happy you can't afford a louis go buy yourself a brown bag and be free <laughs> i'm hot 
Yeah, I was going to say, you're hot. You're hot. I just feel like people always have an opinion about something. They always want to comment. You're raining on people's parade for no reason. Please, mind your business. Yeah. Mind your own wealth. Ooh, mind your own wealth. <sighs> T-shirt idea, perhaps? Yes, that's copyrighted. Don't touch it, anybody who's listening to this. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I feel like, and I don't want to say that those people that were saying that were jealous, per se, but I can see how that can kind of be something where, like you said, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot and you were getting those gifts, would you be getting as hot or would you be like, you know what, I'm hella grateful. Right. I got them. If that's something that, you know, because having luxury items, I don't know. I just feel like, again, is there, is it bad? Is there something wrong with balling out? if it's within your means, whatever balling out looks like to you. If balling out is, listen, I worked hard this week and I'm going to go to a restaurant and I'm not going to look at the prices and do my own thing and ball out. My favorite for brunch. Child, right. I be spending at brunch. I spend at brunch. I'm literally, I go to dinner and lunch. I'm like, okay, let's make responsible adult decisions. If it's Sunday brunch, I don't care if it's a hundred dollars. If I want it, I'm getting it. Um, getting it exactly so yeah I just don't think I think it's relative to the person I don't think there's something wrong with balling out I think it becomes a wrong thing when you're tying your value to it Mm. and you're doing it solely to keep up with other people then it's like okay it's a mindset thing it's a heart thing because now you just you're spending your money frivolously and again it's at the end of the day it's your pockets but you're spending your money frivolously just in order to be able to walk in with the latest bag because you know you're going to see your friends who has their means or whatever to do it comfortably and you're making yourself uncomfortable to do that. So. Child, that's a perfect way to, what is it? Um, Segway? I was going to say segue. What is it? Shimmy on down? No. What's the word? What's the phrase? It's not shimmy on down though. <laughs> what is it? Help me. What are you trying to say? Like segue into the um, revelations? Yes, but it's like skedaddle on down. Why it's something I'm... on down. I I don't know. I don't know, Dana. <laughs> I think it's shimmy on down. Shimmy on. Yeah. Shim. Okay. The moral of the story is, I think this is the perfect way for us to head on over and discuss. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Let's talk about revelations. That was really good, Michelle. The point you just made about spending because you enjoy the luxury and not spending because you need social validation from other people. Yep. You summarized it perfectly. Mm. I'm trying to think, what is my revelation? We kind of talked about a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. My revelation from this episode is celebrate people when they're celebrating. <laughs> okay. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Stop hating in the comments. Well, I don't hate in the comments and I definitely don't hate on my friends. I love seeing them win, but right. I'm going to expand my definition of wealth to include being happy that others are winning at life. Yes. Yes. Simple. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, I love talking about wealth. I love just like, all that was great. But I'm tired of seeing people hating the comments. I'm tired of people sharing their opinions when, when nobody asks them. Yeah. Black women deserve luxury. Black men deserve luxury. Black families deserve luxury. And if they can afford it, 
I ain't got nothing to say about it. Enjoy it. And let's not automatically assume that because that person is black, they can't afford it and they're going out of their way to do it. Let's shift that mindset there. That's my revelation. Michelle said (laughs) it, but it's mine. (laughs) That's it. Stop assuming. Right. Let's not assume that, oh, because she got those, oh, what does he do for a living? Mm. Okay. Okay. Let's unpack that. Yes. I mean, like there's something in that. There's something in that. Okay. And it's not, it's not the key ingredient. (laughs) Okay. It's actually, it should not be in the recipe at At all. all. Because that's where that putting ourselves down, that's where that comes from even more. Because if you see someone doing well, you automatically, a black person doing well, for some people, you're automatically going to that place of you can't afford it. You should be using your money another way. You uh, are going out of your way to show off and keep up. Yep. Maybe I can't afford it. Right. Mind your business. Maybe I like it. Mind your business. Right. Are luxury items only for white people? Mind your business. That wasn't relevant, but I wanted to say mind your business a third time. (laughs) So I would say for me, since you took that, my uh, revelation would be just do a heart check. And I know some people are going to be like, Michelle, actually, I don't care. I want to keep up with the Joneses. That's great that you and Dana discussed that. Uh, I don't want to check my heart, uh, but I'm just here to spread positivity. So I would say just do a heart check and see where are you putting your value? Mm. Like, what is your value currently in? And what plans and how do you view wealth? Like, what plans do you have for yourself? And how do you plan on passing that along? Because I think we do need to do a better job just as millennial black people, I don't want to say we have to do a better job because I can't speak for everyone, but I think as black millennials, we do need to always keep it in the back of our mind of how we want to push forward the black wealth. Yes. If that is a priority for you, hopefully it is. So whether it is holding on to assets for as long as possible, passing those assets along to children, circulating those assets within the black community, like let's just try to be more mindful of that yes, and not try to put ourselves down if we can't reach a certain status just because we see someone else who looks like us or who doesn't look like us have that status. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And if you That's can save, definitely save. Saving is important. Enjoy yeah. luxury and save. Like it does not have to be an oxymoron. Both mm. coexist. Right. That's good. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. So this was truly an episode where we ranted, but I love talking about these things. And this is, as usual, a very genuine conversation between Michelle and I and the things that we're thinking. And we may have this conversation again in a year and five years. And hopefully we're in a different place because of growth. But at the heart of it, our goal is to always be completely transparent with you guys and for you to evolve and grow and form your own opinions from our conversations. So be sure to follow us on rantsandrevelations.tv. Let us know your thoughts around Black wealth and Black luxury and saving. And be sure to tune into the next episode. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.